Section 3 of Rackety Packety House and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eden Ray Hedrick. Rackety Packety House and Other Stories by Francis Hodgson Burnett. Rackety Packety House, Part Three. She clapped her little hands. I eat very little, she said, and I would do without anything at all if I could only live in your funny old shabby house. It is a ridiculous tumble-down old barn, isn't it? He said. But every one of us is as nice as we can be. We are perfect Turkish delights. It's laughing that does it. Would you like to come down the ladder and see what a jolly shabby old hole the place is? Oh, do take me, said Lady Patsy. So he helped her down the ladder, and took her under the armchair, and into Rackety Packety House, and Meg and Peg and Kilmanskeg and Ridiculous and Gustavus all crowded round her and gave little screams of joy at the sight of her. They were afraid to kiss her at first, even though she was engaged to Peter Piper. She was so pretty, and her frock had so much lace on it, that they were afraid their old rags might spoil her. But she did not care about her lace, and flew at them and kissed and hugged them, every one. I have so wanted to come here, she said. It's so dull at the castle I had to break my leg just to get a change. The Duchess sits reading near the fire with her gold eyeglasses on her nose, and Lady Gwendolen plays haughtily on the harp, and Lady Muriel coldly listens to her, and Lady Doris is always laughing mockingly, and Lord Hubert reads the newspaper with a high-bred air, and Lord Francis writes letters to noblemen of his acquaintance, and Lord Rupert glances over his love letters from ladies of title in an aristocratic manner until I could scream just to see you dears dancing about in your rags and tatters and laughing and inventing games as if you didn't mind anything such a relief she nearly laughed her little curly head off when they went all round the house with her and peter piper showed her the holes in the carpet and the stuffing coming out of the sofas and the feathers out of the beds and the legs tumbling off the chairs she had never seen anything like it before at the castle nothing is funny at all she said and nothing ever sticks out or hangs down or tumbles off it's so plain and new but I think we ought to tell her, Duke, Ridiculous said. We may have our house burned over our heads any day. She really stopped laughing for a whole minute when she heard that. But she was rather like Peter Piper in disposition, and she said almost immediately, Oh, they'll never do it. They've forgotten you. And Peter Piper said, Don't let's think of it. Let's all join hands and dance round and round and kick up our heels and laugh as hard as ever we can. And they did, and Lady Patsy laughed harder than anyone else. After that she was always stealing away from Tatty Castle, and coming in and having fun. Sometimes she stayed all night, and slept with Meg and Peg, and everybody invented new games and stories, and they really never went to bed until daylight. But the castle dolls grew more and more scornful every day, and tossed their heads higher and higher, and sniffed louder and louder, <sniffs> until it sounded as if they all had influenza. They never lost an opportunity of saying disdainful things, and once the Duchess wrote a letter to Cynthia, saying that she insisted on removing to a decent neighborhood. She laid the letter in her desk, but the gentleman mouse came in the night and carried it away, so Cynthia never saw it, and I don't believe she could have read it if she had seen it, because the Duchess wrote very badly, even for a doll. And then what do you suppose happened? One morning Cynthia began to play that all the tiny castle dolls had scarlet fever. She said it had broken out in the night, and she undressed them all and put them into bed and gave them medicine. She could not find Lady Patsy, so she escaped the contagion. 
The truth was that Lady Patsy had stayed all night at Rackety Packety House, where they were giving an imitation court ball with Peter Piper in a tin crown and shavings for supper, because they had nothing else, and in fact the gentleman mouse had brought the shavings from his nest as a present. Cynthia played nearly all day, and the Duchess and Lady Gwendolen and Lady Muriel and Lady Doris and Lord Hubert and Lord Francis and Lord Rupert got worse and worse. By evening they were all raging in delirium, and Lord Francis and Lady Gwendolen had strong mustard plasters on their chests. And right in the middle of their agony, Cynthia suddenly got up and went away and left them to their fate, just as if it didn't matter in the least. Well, in the middle of the night, Meg and Peg and Lady Patsy wakened all at once. "'Do you hear a noise?' said Meg, lifting her head from her ragged old pillow. "'Yes, I do,' said Peg, sitting up and holding her ragged blanket up to her chin. Lady Patsy jumped up, with feathers sticking up all over her hair, because they had come out of the holes in the ragged old bed. She ran to the window and listened. "'Oh, Meg and Peg!' she cried out. "'It comes from the castle. Cynthia has left them all raving in delirium, and they are all shouting and groaning and screaming.' Meg and Peg jumped up, too. "'Let's go and call Kilmanskeg and Ridiculous and Gustavus and Peter Piper,' they said, and they rushed down the staircase and met Kilmanskeg and Ridiculous and Gustavus and Peter Piper coming scrambling up, panting because the noise had wakened them as well. They were all over at Tidy Castle in a minute. They just tumbled over each other to get there, the kind-hearted things. The servants were every one fast asleep, though the noise was awful. The loudest groans came from Lady Gwendolen and Lord Francis, because their mustard plasters were blistering them frightfully. Ridiculous took charge, because she was the one who knew most about illness. She sent Gustavus to waken the servants, and then ordered hot water and cold water and ice and brandy and poultices, and shook the trained nurse for not attending to her business, and took off the mustard plasters, and gave gruel and broth and cough syrup and castor oil and ipecacuanha, and every one of the rackety-packeties massaged and soothed and patted and put wet cloths on heads, until the fever was gone, and the castle dolls all lay back on their pillows, pale and weak, but smiling faintly at every rackety-packety they saw, instead of turning up their noses and tossing their heads and sniffing loudly and just scorning them. Lady Gwendolen spoke first, and instead of being haughty and disdainful, she was as humble as a newborn kitten. "'Oh, you dear, shabby, disrespectable, darling things,' she said. "'Never, never will I scorn you again. Never, never.' "'That's right,' said Peter Piper, in his cheerful, rather slangy way. "'You take my tip. Never scorn anyone again. It's a mistake.' Just watch me stand on my head. It'll cheer you up. And he turned six somersaults, just like lightning, and stood on his head and wiggled his ragged legs at them until suddenly they heard a snort from one of the beds, and it was Lord Hubert beginning to laugh, and then Lord Francis laughed, and then Lord Hubert shouted, and then Lady Doris squealed and Lady Muriel screamed, and Lady Gwendolen and the Duchess rolled over and over in their beds, laughing as if they would have fits. Oh, you delightful, funny, shabby old loves, Lady Gwendolen kept saying, to think that we scorned you. They'll be all right after this, said Peter Piper. There's nothing cures scarlet fever like cheering up. Let's all join hands and dance round and round once for them before we go back to bed. It'll throw them into a nice light perspiration, and they'll drop off and sleep like tops. And they did it, and before they had finished, the whole lot of them were perspiring gently and snoring as softly as lambs. When they went back to Rackety Packety House, they talked a good deal about Cynthia, and wondered and wondered why she had left her scarlet fever so suddenly and at last Ridiculous made up her mind to tell them something she had heard. "'The Duchess told me,' she said, rather slowly, because it was bad news. "'The Duchess said that Cynthia went away because her mamma had sent for her, and her mamma had sent for her to tell her that a little girl princess is coming to see her tomorrow. Cynthia's mamma used to be a maid of honour to the Queen, and that's why the little girl princess is coming. The Duchess said—' And here Ridiculous spoke very slowly indeed. 
that the nurse was so excited she said she didn't know whether she stood on her head or on her heels and she must tidy up the nursery and have that rackety packety old doll's house carried downstairs and burned early tomorrow morning that's what the duchess said meg and peg and kilmanskeg clutched at their hearts and gasped and gustavus groaned and lady patsy caught peter piper by the arm to keep him from falling peter piper gulped and then he had a sudden cheerful thought perhaps she was raving in delirium he said no she wasn't said ridiculous shaking her head i had just given her hot water and cold and gruel and broth and castor oil and i peck a kuana and put ice almost all over her she was as sensible as any of us tomorrow morning we shall not have any house over our heads and she put her ragged old apron over her face and cried if she wasn't raving in delirium said peter piper we shall not have any heads you had better go back to the castle tonight, patsy rackety packety house is no place for you then lady patsy drew herself up so straight that she nearly fell over backwards i will never leave you she said and peter piper couldn't make her you can just imagine what a doleful night it was they went all over the house together and looked at every hole in the carpet and every piece of stuffing sticking out of the dear old shabby sofas and every broken window and chair leg and table and ragged blanket and the tears ran down their faces for the first times in their lives about six o'clock in the morning peter piper made a last effort let's all join hands in a circle he said quite faintly and dance round and round once more but it was no use when they joined hands they could not dance and when they found that they could not dance they all tumbled down in a heap and cried instead of laughing and lady patsy lay with her arms round peter piper's neck now here is where i come in again queen crosspatch who is telling you this story i always come in just at the nick of time when people like the rackety packeties are in trouble i walked in at seven o'clock get up off the floor i said to them all and they got up and stared at me they actually thought i did not know what had happened a little girl princess is coming this morning said peter piper and our house is going to be burned over our heads this is the end of rackety packety house no it isn't i said you leave this to me i told the princess to come though she doesn't know it in the least a whole army of my working fairies began to swarm in at the nursery window the nurse was working very hard to put things in order and she had not sense enough to see fairies at all so she did not see mine though there were hundreds of them as soon as she made one corner tidy they ran after her and made it untidy they held her back by her dress and hung and swung on her apron until she could scarcely move and kept wondering why she was so slow she could not make the nursery tidy and she was so flurried she forgot all about rackety packety house again especially as my working fairies pushed the armchair close up to it so it was quite hidden and there it was when the little girl princess came with her ladies-in-waiting my fairies had only just allowed the nurse to finish the nursery meg and peg and kilmanskeg and ridiculous and gustavus and peter piper and lady patsy were all huddled up together looking out one window they could not bear to be parted i sat on the arm of the big chair and ordered my working fairies to stand ready to obey me the instant i spoke the princess was a nice child and very polite to cynthia when she showed her all her dolls and last but not least tidy castle itself she looked at all the rooms and the furniture and said polite and admiring things about each of them but Cynthia realized she was not so much interested in it as she had thought she would be. The fact was that the princess had so many grand doll's houses in her palace that Tidy Castle did not surprise her at all. It was just when Cynthia was finding this out that I gave the order to my working fairies. "'Push the armchair away,' I commanded, "'and very slowly, so that no one will know it is being moved.' So they moved it away, very, very slowly, and no one saw that it had stirred. But the next minute the little girl princess gave a delightful start. "'Oh!' what is that she cried hurrying towards the unfashionable neighborhood behind the door cynthia blushed all over and the nurse actually turned pale 
the rackety packeties tumbled down in a heap beneath their window and began to say their prayers very fast it's only a shabby old doll's house your highness cynthia stammered out it belonged to my grandmamma and it ought not to be in the nursery i thought you had had it burned nurse burned the little girl princess cried out in the most shocked way why if it was mine i wouldn't have it burned for worlds oh please push the chair away and let me look at it there are no doll's houses like it anywhere in these days and when the armchair was pushed aside she scrambled down on her knees just as if she were not a little girl princess at all oh 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 she said how funny and dear what a darling old doll's house it is shabby and wants mending of course but it's almost exactly like one my grandmamma had she kept it among her treasures and only let me look at it as a great great treat cynthia gave a gasp for the little girl princess's grandmamma had been the queen and people had knelt down and kissed her hand and been obliged to go out of the room backwards before her the little girl princess was simply filled with joy she picked up meg and peg and kilmanskeg and gustavus and peter piper as if they had really been a queen's dolls oh the darling dears she said just look at their nice queer faces and their funny clothes just just like grandmamma's dolly's clothes only these poor things do want new ones so oh how i should like to dress them again just as they used to be dressed and have the whole house all made up just as it used to be when it was new that old rackety packety house said cynthia losing her breath if it were mine i should make it just like grandmamma's and i should love it more than any other doll's house i had i never 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 saw anything as nice and laughing and good-natured as these dolls faces they look as if they had been having fun ever since they were born oh if you burn them in their home i could never forgive you i-i never will your highness stammered cynthia quite overwhelmed suddenly she started forward why there is the lost doll she cried out there is lady patsy how did she get back into rackety packety house perhaps she went there to see them because they were so poor and shabby said the little girl princess perhaps she likes this one and she pointed to peter piper do you know when i picked him up their arms were about each other please let her stay with him oh she cried out the next instant and jumped a little i felt as if the boy one was kicking his leg and it was actually true because peter piper could not help it and he had kicked out his ragged leg for joy he had to be very careful not to kick any more when he heard what happened next as the princess liked rackety packety house so much cynthia gave it to her for a present and the princess was really happy and before she went away she made a little speech to the whole rackety packety family whom she had set all in a row in the ragged old dear old shabby old drawing-room where they had had so much fun you are going to come and live with me funny good-natured loves she said and you shall all be dressed beautifully again and your house shall be mended and papered and painted and made as lovely as ever it was and i'm going to like you better than all my other dolls houses just as grandmamma said she liked hers and then she was gone and every bit of it came true rackety packety house was carried to a splendid nursery in a palace and meg and peg and kilmanskeg and ridiculous and gustavus and peter piper were made so gorgeous that if they had not been so nice they would have grown proud but they didn't they only grew jollier and jollier and peter piper married lady patsy and ridiculous's left leg was mended and she was painted into a beauty again but she always remained the useful one and the dolls in the other dolls houses used to make deep curtsies when a rackety packety house doll passed them and peter piper could scarcely stand it because it always made him want to stand on his head and laugh and so when they were curtsied at because they were related to the royal doll's house they used to run into their drawing-room and fall into fits of giggles and they could only stop them by all joining hands together in a ring and dancing round and round and round and kicking up their heels and laughing until they tumbled down in a heap and what do you think of that for a story and doesn't it prove to you what a valuable friend a fairy is particularly a queen one
End of Rackety Packety House.